coming up on this episode of Contemplate. Here's the deal. God may not give you the answers up front. He may let you push at some doors that won't open, or even some doors that look like they're opening, and then they don't open. But this is very important for you to understand about who God is. Very important. God does not play games. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington. And this is Contemplate. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Always great to have you with us. And today is part five in our series, Contentment in Christ. Knowing what to do or what's next in our lives is a question we all try to figure out all the time. And as we'll learn today, there's some really important reasons we often don't know the answers and simply need to trust the Lord. Here's Pastor David Robinson with today's lesson recorded live at Axe Church. What would you do with that information if you had it? Let's just say God gave you the next 10 years or 20 years. Here it is. Here you go. You got this, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this. By the way, here's how the season of whatever ends. And, but, you, know, you know it all. Um, and you know exactly where you're going to go. You know exactly where you're going to do. What would you do with that information? I don't know what I would do, but I have, I have some guesses. I have some guesses. I, I think that I would constantly be looking at the next thing in the plan that God has for me instead of concentrating on the thing that he had for me right here and now. I just know me. I would be thinking about what the next thing is. I would be focused. My focus would be divided between what I'm doing now, what I'm doing right here, and what the next thing is that God has for me, especially if that was some really exciting thing. If it was a really exciting thing, it might be hard to be excited about what I was doing today. I also, if I knew everything ahead of times, ahead of time, would not get the incredible benefit of constantly getting to see that the things that God actually has planned are so much greater than the things that I thought I wanted. My life is marked by God always not just doing something a little better, but incredibly beyond my wildest dreams better than the thing that I would have set up for myself or the thing that I thought I wanted or the thing that I thought he wanted for me. God always does something better it always grows us, it's always, it always makes us stronger, smarter, better, you know, more gifted. All of those things happen because God's plan is a lot better than yours. Now, if you knew it already up front, you wouldn't get the benefit of getting to see. And here's the thing that's cool about what you, when you see that. One of the things you realize is that God is God and you are you. And you don't have anything near the ability to see everything, to plan things well. You don't have anything like the ability that God has. So when you come up with your plans and then you get to see God's plans, you see your plans for what they are, weak, human. And you get to appreciate God for who he is all the more. But if he tells you in advance everything, you don't get to see that dichotomy, the starkness of your plans versus his plans, okay? Now, Paul and the fellas, they want to go to Ephesus. They want to go to Bithynia. Um, and as far as we can tell from the text, these are not bad desires. This is, not, this is not bad, right? They want to preach the gospel. They want to see people saved. But God has all of this planned out in his perfect timing. If God had told me 
right when I started to feel the sense that I was to do something else, if I had said, tell me now where to go and what to do, and he said, okay, plant a church in Camas, I would not have come at the right time. I would have come too early. I would have come too early. For those of you that know the story, you know that the door for me to be here with you right now, for us to be in the relationship that we're in, it required me to show up at an exact time. An exact time. Had I come too early, I would have missed it. Would have started doing something else. Had I come too late because I was rather afraid to do what God had called me to do, or I shied away from it for some, for some reason, I would have missed it. If I had connected with the church planning network, which I pushed on those doors too, a couple different denominations and looking at those possibilities and decided, no, I don't think that's what God wants me to do. I, couldn't, I didn't get a good feeling about that, and so we didn't do that. If I had done that, I would not have likely been able to be here with you today because I would have had different obligations when I got here. Providentially, for all of us, God's plan is sovereign. It's, he knows what it is, and it's going to happen. If we're seeking him, God doesn't let us make mistakes, okay? God has to prepare us for the work he has for us. And sometimes that means waiting. And sometimes that means trying this and trying that and not having it work out as you learn things, as you grow. Sometimes you just need to, you just need to sit and simmer a little longer, you're just not quite ready. You're just not quite ripe. You're just not quite ready for the thing. So he's letting you know maybe, hey, there's something coming so that you'll ripen faster or so that you'll work on it, but you're not ready yet. Sometimes the work isn't ready. The thing isn't ready. And sometimes you're not ready. And oftentimes both. When you start to feel like God has something for you, the process takes time and patience. Sometimes the doors are closed. Because God is building you up and growing you for that next thing. The problem wasn't necessarily for Paul and the fellas. The problem wasn't necessarily that Asia or Bithynia were bad places for the gospel. The problem was that they were not the right places at the right time. And Macedonia was the right place at the right time. Had they been down in Asia, had they been up in, in Bithynia, they would not have been able to arrive in Macedonia at the right time for the work that God called them to do there. So how did they know? How did they know that they weren't supposed to do those other things? Here's the, here's the thing about hearing an answer from the Holy Spirit about what to do. You have to listen. You have to listen. Um, it was not like Paul, Timothy, Silas are sitting there in a chair and they're like, let's go to Macedonia. And they're like, oh, I can't move. Like the Holy Spirit physically stopped them from going. That's not likely what happened here, right? What happened is they're praying. They're praying. They're seeking. They're saying, God, what about this? God, what about that? We know we're supposed to preach the gospel. We know we're here to do the work of your church, pushing it forward. But what about here? And what about there? And they're seeking diligently and waiting for an answer. In this case, we get two no's before we get a yes. In fact, we get two no's, and then the yes comes from God actually saying, this is where you need to go. It wasn't even necessarily where they were asking to go. They're seeking the Lord, learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is important. Learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is a huge part of the calling of the Christian life. 
becoming sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you is a huge part of the calling of the Christian life. And it's not overcomplicated. It's not overcomplicated, right? Starts with being quiet sometimes and listening. It starts with being diligent about praying. It starts with reading the scripture. It starts with being very connected to the church and having a multitude of good, godly counselors in your life, right? And it ends with more and more and more being able to discern and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, which obviously these guys were able to. So you pray, you listen. Sometimes you push at doors. You push at doors and recognize his hand, the hand of the Holy Spirit, closing those doors, pushing you away from those doors. It's not bad to test things out. It's not bad to see if he's got something for you, but you've got to be sensitive to what he's doing, to what he's doing. My law partner and I, back in the old days, we'd have to make business decisions and we'd sit there and we would talk and we would talk and we would analyze and we'd talk about the do's and the don'ts and the pros and the cons and the what ifs and the possible outcomes. And, blah. and after we've done this for I don't know how long, right? We're sitting here, okay, we got to make the decision. Finally, one of us would invariably always say something like, you know, actually, we just need to do whatever the Lord wants us to do. Duh, right? But it would take us all this time. We weren't praying. We're sitting here trying to figure it out and analyzing and overanalyzing and overanalyzing and figuring that God gave us a brain so we can figure everything out, but that's not how everything works. Once we came to the point of we need to do what the Lord has called us to do, that put a whole new light on the discussion that we were having. We were able to seek him, pray, and figure out what he's calling us to do. And when the one who was in charge, God, was giving the counsel, Things worked out well. I'm not saying that you shouldn't use godly wisdom, prudence, analysis, your brain, all those things. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of figuring these things out, right? You seek God first, and you seek God throughout the process. That's what we see here. That's what we see. People who are in tune with the Holy Spirit. And you're going to see it throughout the whole rest of the book of Acts that consistently These guys are in tune with what the Holy Spirit is telling them to do because they're constantly seeking the Holy Spirit. Is that what your life looks like? Um, It should. It should. Here's the deal. God may not give you the answers up front. He may let you push at some doors that won't open or even some doors that look like they're opening and then they don't open. But this is very important for you to understand about who God is. Very important. God does not play games. He's not ever going to just toy with you. There's nothing he does that does not have a purpose and a plan. You may feel like you're being played with. I don't know what to do. I'm going over here. I'm going over here. I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. But I promise you, it's not God that's playing games with you. He's doing something in you through all of it. He's not toying with you. If you're seeking his will, there's a reason for every move that he has you make. Even if you can't see that reason at the time, you will. I told you earlier, when we didn't get that job at that law school, we were so confused. It just seemed like everything had lined up, and it was the Lord's will, and it didn't happen. And it was in that confusion, it was in that state of, I don't know what to do here. 
This is a long process, by the way, that we went through, thinking that this is what God was doing. It was in that state where we had to make a choice to press in to the Lord, to trust God more, even though we didn't understand. One more thing that showed us that we could not control or categorize or fit God into a neat little box, like we like to do, like I like to do, God said, no, 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 I'm not always going to work the way you want me to work. And we had to say, okay, and yet I will follow you. And that was a huge thing for our faith, for our trust in God. It's in those moments when your faith and your trust is built up. We can think we have it figured out, but God has a plan. He had a plan here for Paul and these guys. He has a plan for you, and it's only his plan that matters. And trust me, it's only his plan that you want. You don't want your plan. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and Luke knew this. Because they knew this, they did not need to try to go against what the Holy Spirit was telling them. And see, this is important because here's the deal. And I've seen this, and I think I've done this, and I want to warn you about this. Sometimes people do things that they should not do. Sometimes people do things that they should not do. Either they don't listen to the Holy Spirit, or they do something immoral, something against the moral law of God, because they believe that they already know what God wants. They believe they already know, and they think that if they're doing what God wants to get done, that it's okay that by, because they achieve the end of what they think God wants, that the means that they used to get there would be justified. That the end would justify the means. Here's the, here's the thing. The ends never justify the means. You can think, look, Paul and these guys, they want to do something good. This is important. They want to do something good. When the Holy Spirit said no, they could have probably still made their way to Asia and done the thing, and they would have said to God, we wanted to do this for you. We wanted your gospel. We wanted to make much of your name. But God, had, the Holy Spirit had said no. Or they could have just not listened to the Holy Spirit, which they were called to do, which also would have been sinful in this case. And they could have gone and said, we, we ran ahead a little bit, but it was all for you. And God would not have been cool with that. Right? The end never justifies the means. If your 10-year-old kid takes your car and drives to the mall to get you a present. The fact that they want to do something for you does not justify the behavior of taking your car without asking them and breaking the law to drive it. Right? But it was for you. Dad, I just wanted to get you a present at the mall. It was too far to walk. Took your car. I'm sorry, buddy, but the end of getting me a present does not justify the means of you stealing my car. Paul could not go against the Holy Spirit, do something wrong, and then go back and say, but it was for you that I went. But sometimes we do that. And I've seen, I've seen it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with a major Christian institution that seemed to operate this way that seemed to operate where they had big goals to do this and to do that. It was all for the kingdom of God. 
It was all good stuff. We want to do this. That's a very godly thing. We want to do that. That's a very godly thing. But then what I saw was in their fervor and zeal to get to those things, it looked to me, and I don't know everything, okay? But it looked to me like they would do things and make decisions that were very, very questionable. Very, very questionable as to whether they were the right thing to do. And I don't just mean good strategy. I mean right as in right or wrong whether they're the right thing to do or maybe the wrong thing to do because they were justifying everything by the fact that they were pushing forward this mission that they believed God had given them. There's a great deal of evil. They say the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? There is a great deal of evil that can be done by believers, by us, when we think what we're doing is ordained by God or justified by God or that God's told us to do this thing and then we find our own way to get there. We find our own way to make it happen. That's what we see from Paul and these guys here that they do not do. They know what God wants. Preach the gospel. Go out. Make disciples. Baptizing them. Teaching them. Right? They know what they're supposed to do and yet they continue to seek the Holy Spirit for where, when, and how to do it. That's our job because the end will never justify the means. Were there people in those places that needed to know Jesus? Of course. Does that mean Paul was called to go there? Clearly not. Clearly not. We can desire something. This is important. We can desire something good. Something good that God doesn't want for us. And now you're thinking, boy, it's hard enough just not to do the bad stuff. Now you're telling me there's good stuff that I'm not supposed to do either. Um, but it's true. Guess what? It's it's a complicated call, and to be a serious Christ follower is to hold tension sometimes. And sometimes you can desire something that's good. You know, I, I can easily get ahead of God. If you've ever played football or watched football, if you watch a football team that has a good offensive line, what you'll often see is there's plays that get set up where one guy gets a screen pass or one guy gets a pitch or whatever, and he's running. And he's waiting for his blockers to get in front of them because there's guys that want to come and knock him down, right? And so he waits for his blockers. He lets his blockers lead the way. And then he makes his move based on the blocks that he gets. That's how we have to work with the Lord. If a runner runs out in front of his blockers, he does not last long. And blockers are generally faster or slower than running backs. Slower. It takes time to set up. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. Let's go. Let's go. I wouldn't know. I was never running back. I was a blocker, right? I'm like, hang on. I'll get there in a minute, you know? <laughs> Chill out, guy. I know you're fast. Um, but, that's, but, but running backs are faster than blockers. They want to explode. They want to move. They want to go. But smart running backs wait for slower blockers to set things up so that their path is clear. That's how we are. Blockers do what the Holy Spirit does. He sets things up in the right time and in the right place so that you can truly be successful. If you go get out in front of him, you're making a mistake and you're going to get tackled. You're going to get smashed because you went out ahead of what the Lord wants for you. I had a pastor um, who would say this, sometimes you just have to bloom where you're planted until God moves you. Sometimes you just have to bloom where you're planted until God moves you. I don't think he came up with it. I think that's probably pretty cliche, but true. Just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's God's idea. You move when God moves you. 
He will make your path clear. He will block. So, like a running back, you need to always be ready to go. There's another side of this. There's the, I never want to do anything because I'm too scared. And there's big football players out there and they might tackle me. And so I sit back and I don't do anything. I don't seek the Holy Spirit because he might tell me to do something. And then there's the people who are on the other side like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And they don't want to talk to the Holy Spirit because he might stop them from doing something. We need to be the people who hold that tension and sit in the middle and say, I'm ready to go. Here I am. As soon as you say go, I'll go, but I won't go before you say go. I won't go before you say go. So when the elders of this church are making decisions for the church, when you need to make a decision for your family or with your vocation, you're not sure to do, you have a moral choice that seems complicated. Whatever the thing is that you're dealing with, you seek the Holy Spirit through prayer, you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, you read the word, you seek counsel, you listen, and God will not play games with you. He will make it clear. Maybe not as fast as you want him to, but until he does, bloom where you're planted. Go to work. (laughs) Do your thing. Take care of your kids. Right? Pay the bills. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving in the place where you're planted until you're clear about what he's called you to do next. He will make it clear. Don't jump ahead. Oh, it looks like this door might be opening. I run, you know, going crazy through the door. Bad things can happen in that case. Wait on the Lord. He's the one who's going to strengthen you. He's the one who's going to empower you. So like I said, my experience coming here is very similar. It just reminded me a lot when I read this of our experience where it was, no, I'm pushing, no, I'm pushing, no, I'm pushing, no. Do you know the thing that I did not think that I wasn't pushing at was becoming a pastor? (laughs) That's the one I wasn't pushing at. And I don't know why. Um, I don't know why, but he's the one who actually brought that one to me. I'm pushing here, I'm pushing there, the Holy Spirit's saying no, the Holy Spirit's saying no, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this. And of course, when he did it, it resonated with my heart. I knew it was a thing that he had put in my heart from before. It was clear. Even though I was going in these other directions, it's just like Paul and these guys want to go here, I want to go there, no, no, and then God tells them, this is where you go. But they had to be patient, they had to be faithful, and they had to be sitting in Troas at the right time for God to tell them so that they could show up in Macedonia at the right time to do the work that God had prepared from the universe past for them to do in that moment. Sometimes he says no, but he always eventually says yes to something. When he speaks clearly to you, you follow. When he spoke clearly to me, I followed. And it's been an amazing blessing and an amazing feeling. This is important. It's an amazing feeling to be in the will of God. And it's kind of the opposite when you don't feel like you're in the will of God. It's kind of not an amazing feeling. It kind of feels not amazing to not be in the will of God or to feel like you're not in the will of God. And it kind of feels amazing and peaceful and restful when you are in the will of God. Here's here's the way you make sure not to get outside of the will of God, all this that we're talking about. Don't move until it's time. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Always seek Him. Always desire What's good, always desire to do his work, always desire to love him, to love others, to love your church. Do all these things, and you will not get out of his will. You just won't. You just can't. If you're living in the Spirit, you simply cannot get out of the will of God. You cannot, because he doesn't play games. 
All the time that you may be confused, as, as like all the time I spent in confusion during that, during that time, it was well worth the blessing that he gave me in the end. I may have been confused, but I didn't let myself use it to get out of his will. You may be confused, you may be impatient, you may, have, you may, you may struggle, but don't let it pull you out of his will. Bloom where you're planted until he moves you, seek the Holy Spirit, and move when he calls you to. Let's all do that. As a church, as individuals, as families, let's all make sure that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us. Let's make sure we're waiting for our blockers to get in front of us. Let's make sure we're being faithful and executing what he's called us to do now and not always looking to what he may call us to do later. And when he says no, don't. And when he says yes, do. You've been listening to Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, with part five in our podcast series, Contentment in Christ, here on Contemplate. What a simple and yet powerful truth. When God says no, don't. And when he says yes, do. Sometimes we make things so complicated when often they don't need to be at all. More practical and biblical teaching from Pastor David. Now, if you'd like to hear more, why not come visit us here at Axe Church this Sunday? Pastor David loves to meet folks who listen to Contemplate, and I just know you'll be blessed. Get directions and all the info you need at axcamus.org. Again, that's axcamus.org, or call 360-885-9000. That's 360-885-9000. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Great to have you with us today, and I do hope to see you Sunday at Axe Church. And right back here next time for more with our teacher, Pastor David Robinson, here on Contemplate.